you know, at the end of the day, football is football. All Patriots, all, all the time. Ooh, that, that's spicy. All Patriots, all, all the time. Welcome to, 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 to First and Foxborough. What's up, Foxborough football fans? I'm Kyrie Thompson, your host of First and Foxborough. Make sure you download, listen, subscribe, stream it on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show at First and Foxborough, F-O-X-B-O-R-O on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me at Thompson 5 on Twitter. It is now T-minus seven days until training camp. That's right. Next Wednesday, there is going to be actual Patriots football practice that kind of means something and we probably won't see pads that day but the intensity will probably be ratcheted up a little bit and we're going to get some clarity on some of these things we keep talking about including something I'm going to be chatting about this episode based on a little bit of something that we got in yesterday's episode of First in Foxborough with Connor Orr, which you should go back and listen to once you listen to this. And by the way, you should go back and listen to all of them and make sure that you follow for future episodes as well. Okay, look, enough with the sales pitch. Since everybody seemed to like what I did with Nikhil Harry and the Patriots draft history and looking back at the number of Patriots that have had the honor of being drafted by this team and receiving a second contract... I decided to go back and do some more stats stuff and actually harken back to something that I did back in May when I first started this gig. I want to talk about the offensive play caller situation, which again, like we've talked about it on this show, guests have talked about it. It's been one of the biggest stories around this offense, around this team, kind of this cloud hovering over the potential of Mac Jones and the offense this year. How might the play calling situation keep this team down? And generally we've all been pretty down on this arrangement, you know, this situation with Matt Patricia and Joe judge, most likely calling the plays with maybe some input from Bill Belichick and with Belichick having a significant role in the game planning part, perhaps, the best I can say is that it probably won't be that big of a deal in the end. That's kind of where I'm I'm at right now. I don't know that I expect the results to be great, but I do think that perhaps this could be overblown down the line and that maybe it'll be more or less a, a push as long as guys execute. But Connor Orr of Sports Illustrated and the Monday Morning Quarterback came on the show Tuesday and was the first person I can think of that actually sounded positive about the idea of either Matt Patricia or Joe Judge calling plays. Here's what he said. Could it be, you know, uh, one of his failings as a coach? Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, it could be Bill Belichick thinking that he can replace anybody with anybody and have it work. But I like the idea of having two coaches who you have absolutely zero um, tendencies on calling plays. I I think that's really, uh, I think that's a good thing. Um, because people can look back at, at whatever you've done and pull it up in an instant. Like, okay, what is he calling third and 10? I know exactly what he's going to call in third and 10. Um, you know, these coaches have no, I mean, they're defensive coaches, special teams coaches. So I, you know, I, I I'm kind of interested to see how this goes. I think it could go well now. Okay. I do get the reasoning and it seems to fit with a lot of what the Patriots appear to be doing with this squad right now, whether it's, stocking up with more depth at wide receiver rather than looking for one or two like singularly elite talents and kind of saying whatever to the rest of the unit. 
and just generally looking at their offense as a whole and even somewhat with the defense, I think that the name of the game this year is going to be versatility and keeping teams on their toes. It's not going to be like, look, we are going to line up the same way every single time. We're going to beat you just because we're better. It's going to be, look, we're going to have to, we're going to have to be tricky. You know, we're going to have to keep things a little bit closer to the vest and we're going to change things up on you and we're going to be more multiple. That's how we're going to win with the sheer number of things that we are able to do rather than we have one thing that you just can't stop. So, okay, that part, I can sort of understand how that fits in with the theme of this year, but I'm still a little bit surprised by the idea that it could work well, having either one of those guys call plays. I will say, if you had to ask me, I think I'd honestly feel a bit better about Patricia at this moment calling plays, because if that if this is what you're going with, at least you know that guy has called plays on defense and understand how that feels in a game. Obviously, offensive plays are different. You know, there's more terms. Your interactions with the offense, particularly with the quarterback, right? It's different than interacting with Devin McCourty or, you know, whatever middle linebacker might be calling the plays or something like that. You're, you're, you're interacting with Mac Jones here. Or, you know, before that, Josh McDaniels is interacting with Tom Brady. It's different. But I think that Patricia is probably closer to being able to manage that right now, in my opinion. We'll, we'll see if the Patriots agree with that. But here's where I want to get into some numbers, all right? I dove into this a little bit back in May, and the numbers around what happens when you change an offensive coordinator, or more, more specifically, an offensive play caller, because sometimes offensive coordinators don't call the plays, like it's the head coach, because they've been an offensive coordinator in the past, and they want to run the show, right? But changing who calls plays on the offense more broadly is... On average, generally a good thing, or or at least it, it doesn't kill you on average. So I took a look at this in terms of the changes in offensive production based on yards per play, estimated points added per play, and points per game for each team over the last five seasons, and looked at how things changed in the years where one offensive play caller was outgoing and another one was coming in to, again, observe how big a difference there was. Was it positive? Was it negative? And put those changes together to, to get an average idea of how much that shift typically affects teams throughout the league. Again, this is a quick look at this. I'm sure a better statistician than me can, can expound on this and, and do a little bit more. But what I found on average was teams saw a slight increase on average, saw a slight increase in yards per play. So in particular, you'd see about 0.1 yards per play more after switching offensive coordinators and saw about a 0.02 increase in estimated points per play and about 0.8 points per game more after changes to offensive play caller as well. Obviously, those numbers aren't that big on average. And those of you who know the basic statistics of it, those changes that I just talked about in years where there was a shift from one play caller to another, those average changes were like all within a standard deviation, which basically means, look, by and large, changing play callers doesn't really change your offensive outlook that much league-wide. Now, obviously, there are some very specific examples that 
are big. Like, for example, the Eagles apparently got a lot better going from the last Doug Peterson year to Nick Sirianni. And the Ravens saw a monster leap from Marty Morningwig in 2018 in that last Joe Flacco year in the first year Lamar Jackson was playing to Greg Roman. Though, again, some of that might be due to Lamar Jackson being awesome in 2019. And then on the flip side of that, things got significantly worse for the Vikings when they went from Gary Kubiak to Clint Kubiak in 2021. But on the whole, again, on average, the changes are fairly minor. But I also decided to do a spinoff of this that's a little bit more relative to the Patriots. So how about when the coordinator that you're changing to, or rather the offensive play caller that you're changing to, hasn't done this in the NFL full-time before, hasn't called plays full-time? It's honestly about the same. For example, in points per game, right, the average overall change from coordinator to coordinator is about 0.8 points, like I mentioned before. When it's a first-year offensive play caller that you're switching to, the average is about 0.7 points. And it's about the same level of of variance in scores when you look at those kind of smaller sample sizes. So even when it's a first-time play caller, it doesn't seem to matter that much. I didn't say it doesn't matter at all. I'm just saying that it's relatively minor. But what about first-year offensive play callers who used to be defensive and special teams coordinators? Like, Okay, you got me. People aren't really doing that around the league. But there's also a reason to think that the Patriots might be better off than other teams that have changed coordinators in the past. So, for example, you look at some of the teams that struggled from coordinator to coordinator. It wasn't just because of the play caller. This is where context has to come in and you and you have to dig a little bit deeper at times. I mentioned the Lamar Jackson example. Did the Ravens get much, much better from 2018 to 2019 because they went from Marty Morningwig to Greg Roman? Or was it because they went from a declining Joe Flacco and a rookie Lamar Jackson to an MVP version of Lamar Jackson who also happened to be playing in an offense that was better suited to his skills and that not a lot of teams run? So you you could say like, was that a chicken or the egg kind of thing? A more stark example might be how bad the Texans looked by the numbers last season with Tim Kelly calling plays. You also have to remember who wasn't playing last year. Deshaun Watson, right? They were having that awkward standoff with Watson, and then you combine that with the fact that they traded away DeAndre Hopkins the year before, and yeah, that was an offense that was going to regress, and that's not Tim Kelly's fault. And again, you look at a team like Arizona going from Mike McCoy to Cliff Kingsbury and their numbers getting a lot better across the board. Estimated points per play, yards per play, all that stuff. But they also got Kyler Murray that year and Kyler Murray's really good. Back to the Patriots on this. They still have their head coach, their quarterback from the previous year, and largely intact skill position groups. So look, you could say, oh, they didn't really add anything from this past year is basically just Devontae Parker and they kept everything else the same. In this case, that might not be a bad thing and it might make it harder to project a major fall off. They're arguably much more likely to be more or less what they were last season than to be really bad. And if they are bad, if they do have a major regression fall off, then maybe the play calling might be more to blame. But I'll say this too, The Patriots saw drop-offs in estimated points per play and yards per play and points per game 
Going from the 2018 season to the 2019 season, when Rob Gronkowski retired and the receiving core and the, and the offensive talent wasn't what it was in previous years, and you saw a pretty significant drop-off in production from Tom Brady to Cam Newton, and then you saw a subsequent rise in production from that Cam Newton year to what Mac Jones did. So things fluctuated throughout Josh McDaniel's term as offensive coordinator as well. Was that because he was a bad play caller or his playbook wasn't working? You could argue that it was more because of the talent, okay? Sane people don't think that Josh McDaniels is a bad play caller, okay? So take these numbers with the grain of salt that they're due, and look, we'll see how this turns out. And, you know, in the end, when you think about this context, look, I thought it was fun digging into these numbers, and, you know, you could say, like, you got to execute on the field. It's not just about data points, but I also think that the data reflects the realities of what these teams are going through on the field. And if the Patriots plan works then I think we're going to see production more or less on the level of what we saw last year. And it should be more than adequate for the Patriots to compete and win games in 2022. That's all I got for today from First and Foxborough. I'm Kyrie Thompson. Again, make sure you follow the show. Follow me on Twitter. Make sure you're downloading, subscribing, and listening to this show on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Till next time.